Hey Grindhouse girls, friends, and fam. This is Nicholas from the Recording Desk. Just going to go ahead and let you know uh, we are continuing to test our new equipment and trying to get everything right for you. Thank you for hanging in there with us. We've got a section in here where it looks like the auto-tune had been set off, and so those times have been marked in the timestamps. Other than that, I hope you enjoyed the episode, and have a great day. On the Grindhouse Girls podcast, we discuss all things spoopy, scary, and strange. Some content may be disturbing or graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, Grindhouse Girls friends and fans. In the late 1980s, Koji Suzuki stayed at home with his two daughters while his wife supported the family in high school. He had written one novel, Paradise, and was trying to come up with a second novel. He started to think, what if four people all died at the exact same time, but in different places? What would cause them? His then two-year-old daughter dropped a videotape in front of him, leading him to think of a cursed tape that would kill him. He would go on to write his first novel, Ring, first adapted into a made-for-TV movie in 1995, before Koji himself would reach out to director Hideo Nakata about a big screen adaptation. It was in 1998 when Ring, the theatrical film, was released, smashing box office records and becoming, at the time, the highest grossing horror film in Japanese history. With Ring becoming such a big hit in its home country, and heads turning towards Japanese cinema, American film company DreamWorks knew it was time for a remake. The 2002 remake, The Ring, ended up becoming a sleeper hit, making $249.3 million at the box office, turning lead actress Naomi Watts into a full-blown star and making Gorbin Verbinski into a well-known director. The legacy of Ring would be lasting in an even larger way. It would bring J-Har stateside, prompting remakes of the film on The Grudge, another Suzuki novel, Darkwater, Pulse, and One Miss Call. It would even influence other East Asian remakes such as South Korea's The Telsey Sisters and Hong Kong's The Eye. So, don't go poking your head around any wells, and be mindful of static screens. This is the Grindhouse Girls Podcast. Hello, this is Katie. And hi there, I'm Brittany. Welcome back to the Grindhouse Podcast. Thank you for listening. We're on episode, I think, 124. And we're covering Ring. Yeah. Or Ringu. Yeah, Ring. Depending on what language it's in. I think it was like initially brought stateside as Ringu, but over like the years, they've just called it Ring. Ring, yeah. yeah. It's so like. I will say, I think the current poster is like Ringu in big letters and then Ring in little letters in front of it. Just in case you're confused, it is the same movie. Um, And this is a movie that I feel like was infamous when we were growing up because the Ring came over, but everyone was talking about Ring beforehand. So, by the way, like we said in the intro, there's The Ring, (laughs) which is the American remake, and then there's Ring, which is the original Japanese movie, that's the one we're doing today. Yes, yes. Although and then, we'll probably touch on all of them. And then there's Ring, which is the Japanese novel <laughs> that inspired the Japanese yes. movie. 
And then there's the made-for-TV movie. Ring Kazabon. Ring Kazabon. Uh, then there's the Korean remake, uh, The Ring Virus. Then there's Spiral that came out the same day as Ring. Made by the same people, but bombed at the box office. And there's Ring 2 that retconned Spiral. And then there's Ring Zero, which is a prequel to it. And then there's one that's Sadako versus Kyoko, Kyoko from The Grudge. And then there's Sadako 3D. Yes, and there's a 3D 2 <laughs> yes. as well. And then, of course, let's not forget the American films, Ring 2 and Rings. Rings. I saw The Ring 2 in theaters before I saw The Ring or Ring. And I didn't know that some scary things were supposed to be scary. And the entire audience laughed at it the whole time. But my favorite part was she says, I'm not your fucking mother and shuts the well on her. And I was like, and everyone cheered. I'm not your fucking mommy, bitch. Yeah. I don't know. I can't remember if she says bitch or not. In my head, maybe I'm just dramatizing it. But I I haven't seen that movie since the day it premiered, which was I saw it the weekend it premiered. And I haven't seen it since. Because it was PG-13. And I was probably 15 or 16, I want to say, when it came out. Yeah. Because I feel like the first one was an was it R? No, it was, no, it was PG-13. 13. Yeah, it was originally R, and they had to edit some scenes to make it PG-13 because they knew that would open it to a wider audience if they did. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, and I I tried to watch the... So the Ring or Ringu, the Ring movies are very... The original ones are very famous for the opening sequence, which is someone gets killed, and you don't know how, but you know it. They, t- they tell you the urban store, urban myth about urban legend yeah uh, the urban legend of the ring uh videotape the cursed videotape and then they're like haha it's not real though and then they get killed and then the very end is somebody you see how they get killed yeah so i watched the beginning and end of all of the ones that i could find and they're the american and the uh, japanese ones pretty similar but the korean remake and the tv movie from japan are both closer to the books but so very different than the other ones yeah which is interesting because there's a whole other lore in the books and Brittany's read all the books well I've read I read two books so I've read I read Ring and Spiral so um and yeah and what I liked about Ring Kazabon which I've actually only watched for the first time last night is that it's very much like the book in a lot of ways um the main things being, so when they did the Ringu adaptation, they changed the gender of Asakawa's character. They changed it from male to female. She becomes Reiko Asakawa. And then mm-hmm. he goes from having a daughter to a son. And it goes from being his uh, his friend, Ruji, to it's her ex-husband, Ruji. Yeah. So there's all these little things. But I always find it interesting how they do the cursed tape in every single one. Yeah, I, so the second time I watched Ring, I guess I'll call it Ringu because maybe it's confusing mm-hmm. Ringu was because I'd already seen the whole thing they spell out exactly how the curse came out in the videotape from the very beginning um, but if you're not paying as much attention to the subtitles you miss it because basically like oh so here's how the curse videotape happened there was this little boy well a child of some age with his family in Izo mm-hmm. which is uh, like a I don't know if it's a prefecture, but it's like a city, an area in Japan. And he was staying in a cabin 
with his family and he didn't want to miss his baseball game. So he put a blank cassette tape in thinking it was going to record on the baseball game, but the channels were different in that area. And so it was, it should have been blank, but then instead it was like this, all these scary images and it was the curse because the, they had imprinted onto the VHS tape. So no one created it on purpose. And it wasn't like Sadako. Sadako or Sadako? Sadako. Sadako. Sadako, yeah. She's sad. Ako. Or Sadako. Sadako. I'm sorry. I'm like, wait, wait, yeah. wait. Sadako. Everyone says it a little slightly different in all of the videos I've tried to watch to get the background yeah. on them. So forgive me if I'm saying it wrong. Um, but uh, they tell you up front. And then I won't spoil the rest of it, but like you find out later why that particular cabin area would have the cursey curse but the thing that always baffles me is like why did it take this long for the curse to unearth or is it just the fear of technology i think what it is is that with the child is the first time they tried to record something so they yeah. always had the vhs player or no the vhs player was newly installed they said that in Kazabon. but it's like mm. so there's a vhs play player player but it was the first time someone recorded something versus just playing um what i like about kazabon and the novel is like very visceral so when like when asakawa sees like the tape and the novels it's like he becomes very very like sick and then in kazabon you like he imagines like at one point he's like holding the baby he sees and stuff and Mm -hmm. i thought that was really cool compared to in ringu and the ring the video is very eerie like it's just like something you would see and you're just like yeah this there's something off that's scary but the ring virus Mm -hmm. it was like everything's blue and not just like not like the ring where it's just kind of blue that 90 late 90s early 2000s really early 2000s where like every horror movie had that the blue blue green tension which bothers i don't know why it just always bothers me but it's literally like blue and you see sadako's mother giving birth to her not really but it's like her grandmother's like you're about to have a baby and you're a psychic and then it's but it's so blue and you yeah. see like the little um kanji like you do in the other one but it's all blue like like the you know how like in the american and the japanese ones it's all static before yeah. it's just you know how like when you used to turn on a vhs tape and it was like that bright blue that yeah, 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 blue? yeah yeah that's what the whole thing is which is not scary yeah in my opinion. maybe i just watched too many of the same things but at that point i was like this isn't scary i'm not scared so i just kind of was interested in how that looked but i thought yeah so the korean remake which was at, it was 1999 yeah so, so after ringu ringu but because 2000 was the ring 2002 2002 so mm-hmm. but before the american yeah, and so with the Ring virus, what it was is that they had like a ban on Japanese imports. So it was like a Japan, oh, it was like a well, Japan-Korea collaboration. Yeah, there's a there's a very long history of Japan and Korea, and having it's getting better, but having not great ties because in World War II, uh, Japan occupied Korea. Yeah, and used a lot of the citizens very poorly yeah and it was not cool and so there's been some but i feel like it's gotten the vibe i get is it's gotten a lot better but i think 
for a long time, that was a reason why they were banning instant imports because they didn't really want to have anything to do with it. And it yeah. seems like people well, have gotten better. It's kind of like us in Germany. Yeah. Or us in Japan, really. Well, I was reading a little bit about it. And they said after the movie had been completed, they lifted the ban. But the movie had, <laughs> the movie had already been completed. So they were like, well, I guess we're going to show this movie anyway. So. It is really similar. It's very similar. It's just things. Because now I've seen enough Japanese movies versus Korean movies, like, obviously the language is different, but, like, it's not very different. Yeah. Like, it's the same beats, except that the beginning's different because the girl isn't with her friend. She's by herself. Yeah. And her boyfriend calls, and she's on the phone with her boyfriend, and the phone gets all weird. And then she turns, and there's, the camera goes behind her. Or is this the TV movie? It might be the TV. No. No, this is the the Korean one. I watched so many of them today. It goes behind her and then she turns around from the corner and it's just bam. And like, it's just like the Japanese movie where it's just yeah. like black and white. Yeah, and like kind of like that. freeze frame. So. Yeah, in the novel she was alone, which is kind of like how Kansabon takes it too. It's like, so out of the four victims, one's alone. One is with her boyfriend. So that's the boyfriend and her and then the motorcycle accident. That's yeah. the novel too. Yeah. The thing I, okay, so did you find that it was kind of insensitive? I don't know if it was insensitive or realistic, but like when they find in in Ringu, when they find the couple who were having hanky panky in their car, yeah, um, the girl's panties are on around her knees, yeah, and I was like, I was like, they didn't have to do that. I felt like that was a little. I was like, I guess they were like, well, they were in the middle of the business when it happened, but I was like. Like maybe we didn't have to have her like you know. I think it makes sense because it was more it added to the mystery of okay, so they were in the middle of the act. They obviously stopped, but she didn't even have enough time to like pull her underwear up. She was trying to escape something. But she was also fully dressed. Yeah, I mean you can just take your underwear off. You can. I mean, and they're teenagers. They're teenagers too. So I mean, they're you know teenagers are horny. That's a very common trope. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even a trope. I still kind of bad. I was like, that's embarrassing. I actually kind of like Casabon just because it's been so recent. It's fresh in my mind. I just watched it last night. But did you, did you see the crime scene? So it shows the same couple, but she's actually like kind of nude, like she was in the middle of undress. And it's so mm-hmm. eerie because it actually does look like a crime scene photo the way it does. Like it looks mm-hmm. like it's really weird because there's parts of the made for TV movie that you're like, oh yeah, this is made for TV. Oh yeah. yeah. I was. I was like doing the whole. I was like kind of skimming it, and I was just like, "Oh yeah, this budget is nothing." Taylor did make an interesting point though, because he watched Ringu and this one back to back with me, and he said this the TV movie. He's like moves a lot quicker. I was like, you know what, you're right. I never thought about that, but the action does move a lot quicker in the original one. I will say Ringu's a bit of a slow burn. Yeah, but not in a bad way. I Scott and I watched it, and he had never seen it, and he hasn't watched as many Japanese movies as I have. So, but he was like transfixed by it. The one thing he said, I hate this lady because she gets everybody else in trouble. And I was like, I can't, our heroine is not the best heroine. She's not stupid, but it's like, she does things that I know she's a journalist and journalists do things that maybe aren't as safe to get the story. But this is like a constant problem. Like she, instead of just like, telling her ex-husband hey um this explaining what the video is she's like oh here watch it and i was like why why do you both 
He, and by the way, they're parents to a child. And he's estranged because they got married. It sounds like because they got pregnant. And like they were dating and then they got pregnant. So then they got married and then they got divorced. So he's never been a big part of uh, Yoichi's life. But, which is the, the little boy. However, like he's still in town. It's a very confusing relationship. But yet she calls him up and he comes right by. Yeah. It's a very confusing relationship to me. I'm like, because he literally, there's this really funny scene where, like, <laughs> it's darkly funny. It's raining. Yoichi is walking to school. Ryuchi is walking to the apartment. They pass each other. and They just kind of, like, look at each other and then keep going. And they're both a little bit psychic, so you know that they know who each other is. Yeah, and that's actually, that's the scene that's, like, directly recreated in the ring with Na- Aiden and Noah, too. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's, and it's very interesting. There's definitely a commentary there on uh, Reiko also, or Asakawa, being, like, a mother, but she's also, like, a very much a working mom, and it seems in some way she puts her career over her child. Yeah, which she leaves is, him alone a lot. But yeah. then Ryuji's, like, do you always leave him alone? I'm like, he's, like, seven. Yeah. He's year one, so he's probably first grade. He's six or seven. Yeah. But you haven't, like, checked in. You live in the same town. You guys don't, like, see each other at Christmas at least. Well, spoiler alert, when there's a possibility of intimate death for all three of them, he's like, maybe it was better we should have never had a child. It's like, well, guess what? The fucking kid's here now. Yeah, (laughs) I'm like, y'all, this is why sex education and birth control and access to reproductive health care is so important. Because you might be a little kid whose parents watch a cursed videotape, and instead of just having one parent die... They decided to both risk their lives. Okay, which is but the grandpa's around, so I guess it's okay. I do have to say something that Taylor had to commentate on in Sorry. the '95 movie, which once again, the '95 movie was like not many people. I didn't even realize until like recently that this was even. Yeah, a thing. I didn't know it existed until very recently. So it's like obviously followed to the wayside. People don't really know about, but Taylor goes, "Well, he really loves his wife because literally he keeps like I have to be home with my wife because she's pregnant in that version. Oh, she yeah. hasn't had a baby." And he's like, if I'm only going to be alive, I need to be alive to be with my wife. And it's only when she accidentally watches the tape that he's yeah. like, oh, shit, I need to so figure it out. So the wife is the baby in in the in the TV show. Because really, she's kind of concerned, but it's not really until Yoichi watches the movie. And that was the other thing is like, I know they say that a ghost brought the videotape to the sleepover, but. You kept it around your house, honey. Yeah. The thing is, like, they don't try to burn the tape. They don't try to do anything but just keep it. I'm like, but you already copied it. Just burn the damn thing. Yeah. You know. Um, But I guess we can't really talk about much more, I guess, until we get into spoilers. Yeah. Because I feel like we've been, like, trying to dance around a bunch of stuff. And so if you haven't watched Ring or Ringu yet, which is a specific one we're going to be talking about, um, it is on Shutter right now, and I believe TV. It's 1998 Ring or Ringu with a U at the end, mm-hmm. and most of the time it has English subtitles. I was afraid that I was gonna get an English dub version. Yeah, because occasionally they're fine. I I tend to be okay with animated features being dubbed because you can't tell the difference as much. But when it's like human beings being dubbed. Yeah. Oh no, it gets dicey. It gets we all saw the Squid I accidentally watched all of Squid Games dub because I didn't know that 
Netflix just assumed I wanted it dubbed. Yeah. And then I got three, like, quarters of the way through and was like, uh, I guess I'll just finish it with these people. But, yeah, so that's your official spoiler warning because we're going to go into the rundown. Yeah. So I'm going to give the rundown. So, um, so the rundown. When journalist Reiko Asakawa's young niece dies tragically and mysteriously, she is pulled by an unseen force as well as an urban legend about a mysterious videotape that causes people to die seven days later to try and solve what happened. When she watches the same cursed tape herself, she sets off a chain of events that puts her ex-husband and her son in danger and tests Reiko to see just how far she's willing to go to save her loved one's life. Your journalism career, apparently. <laughs> I'm just amazed in like every version that like like so I would say out of the three versions that probably Rachel in the ring seems the most upset about her niece dying. But I'm just like <laughs> I know they're all just kind of like the in the know. Korean one she's like don't talk to them they're gonna be real sad yeah to her little girl and you're like yes yeah, a funeral and I mean I know her daughter's like six but I'm still like I mean. She can't talk to them. And then she's like, don't turn on cartoons. And like the literal mother of the deceased is like, oh, it's fine, sweetie. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, yeah. She's. I don't know. She vexes me. Yeah. You're just like, wait one minute. Because I'm just like. Here's the thing. She's kind of an absentee mom. Which, okay. If she didn't have a parent nearby, I would be like, I get it. It's hard being a single parent. But her dad is, like, super willing to help take care of him. Yeah. And I'm like, so you didn't want to, like, call him and be like, hey, dad, do you want to come live with us? Or she could have, like, let him live with dad, with the grandpa for a little while. Or she could, like, get along with her ex-husband enough so they could share duties. Yeah. Because they don't seem to hate each other. I don't know. That was the weirdest thing. I'm like, I don't know how you, like, don't hate an ex. That you have a child with, but yet you can't figure out childcare together. There are a lot of people that co-parent. And I would say by the end of the movie, it seems like there is a great deal of affection between them. Yeah, it's not like it, it's not really sexual. This is not, it's really funny because the TV movie is very sexual. This one is not sexual, but you know no. when they think they're about to die, they are like holding each other and stuff on the boat. Yeah. Um. So yeah, but I think maybe that's something that got lost in translation because in the original novel. Ruji was his friend. It wasn't a partner. Yeah. It was just his friend. Just kind of what's viral is like from Ryuji's, the movie, from Ryuji's friend's point of view that he's looking at it supposedly. So what it is in, in Spiral is like another doctor who's another friend of Ruji's is doing his autopsy and finds a note in his body. and He's just like, what the hell is happening? And then that's where it kind of kicks off from there. Yeah, I couldn't get through more than two minutes of that. It yeah. was too experimental for me the beginning because i'd watched so many at this point yeah but i was just like i can't i've actually never seen spiral the movie i've just read the book so it's i mean but the premise sounds fine but like in practice the just the filmmaking was very different than Ringu, which is weird because it's the exact same team yeah basically because they made them at the same time and released them on the same day which was a is a weird move yeah frankly but I mean, okay. Yeah, you'd think it'd be more like smarter to release them like one year apart. Yeah, or something. Maybe they were just kind of like, uh, let's throw the pasta on the wall, see what sticks. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's kind of what it seemed like to me. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Anyways, I do like 
So, I guess, slight spoilers. You know, the well is an important thing. Water is a big thing. You don't really find that out to the end. I like that from the beginning shot in Ringu is of the ocean. Yeah. Which is a big thing. And then, like, it's raining when Ryuji comes over. There's always, like, water around or, like, there's a puddle. And it's kind of, like, keeps it in the background of your head because they've been hinting at the whole movie without saying it. I like that. Yeah. That's a pretty cool element. Well, even, like, I thought it was smart with the American remake they put in Seattle. So it's always raining. Which is always raining. Yeah. Which, again. Although, like we said, or we were talking about this earlier, (laughs) Samara, who is the American counterpart to Sadako, um, (laughs) is, like, just soaking wet all the time. Yeah. She's a wet-ass bitch. And, like, uh, Sadako is, like, Perfectly dry, but she's been living in a well. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah. Neither makes sense, but I find Sadako a little creepier. Because uh, they, they, like, they make Samara's face not look like a little girl. Yeah. And she looks like a monster. And I'm kind of like, why do we go that far? And I, now when I was little and I would see the commercial, she scared me. But now I'm like, see, that's not scary because I can tell it's makeup. And you know what's funny? So that's David Chase, who's literally Lilo from Lilo and Stitch. <laughs> <laughs> She's also Donnie's little sister in Donnie Darko. So she had a, she had a pretty good time. Anyways, um, so I guess we should. So we keep besmirching all the characters names but i guess we should actually go through the characters a little bit um (laughs) um or the creative team as well yeah i think we said hideo nakata Mm -hmm. um is the director he also directed ring two dark water don't look up which was there were a couple versions of it yeah and kaidan as well as the american the ring too yeah which surprises me because i love ringu and i did not like the ring too i liked laughing at it but he also wrote the american dark water oh i have to say real well. quick did you see so did you see the new yorker interview with koji suzuki in like no. 2004 so basically they asked him about ring Two, the the american remake so yeah Mr. Suzuki commented with amusement about the american version of ring Two, which is not a remake of the japanese version but rather his own thing saying it's a little like the virus idea of the ring itself. It just keeps getting replicated, and I have no control over it. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. There's too many of them. But the thing is, you know, I think I was telling Scott, again, who isn't as familiar with them, about, like, how they had a Kayako and Sadako. It's like versus, Freddy versus Jason. And that's exactly, he was like, so there's just a Freddy versus Jason. And I was like, yep, 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 just with creepy little girls. I don't know. Yeah. I will say the grudge lady looked scarier aesthetically. Well, it's because her neck was snapped. And she's, oh, that, like, making that croaking noise. Yeah. But the grudge movie made me laugh the first time I saw it. I did oh. not find it scary at all. Did you see the original and I used, No, I'm saying the American Okay, one. okay. But, yes, uh, it never stops, apparently. Um, so the screenplay was written by, so the novel's by Koji Suzuki, who wrote a trilogy of books, Spiral, Ring, and Loop. And then he also wrote another collection of short stories related to the ring called Birthday. And then two additional books recently called S and Tide. Yeah. So in 2012 and 2013. And he wrote a manga in 2019 and 2020 
about Sadako. <laughs> Just really about her. No, we don't care about anyone else, apparently. Yeah, it's like she's the queen. Um, and he also wrote the Dark Water short story collection. Yeah. Um, I did think it was cool the producer is Masato Hara, who did Spiral and Ring 2, but he did Ran by Kurosawa. Oh, nice. Which is a is one of Kurosawa's movies that is like on my list because like everyone's like it, it's the one where it's the general. And it's, he, he gives it's a his King son. Lear. It's, it's King basically Lear. King yeah. Lear, but in yeah. Japan, in feudal Japan, which is really cool. Yeah, I think that was the movie that Kurosawa was making, and his wife of like yes, 50 his wife years died. He took one, one day, day off to mourn and went back. But apparently, it's I I heard like I think NPR was was talking about it, and it just is a lot of really positive reviews. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kurosawa is an amazing filmmaker. Oh but, God, yes. Yeah, you know, that's one that I've always wanted to watch. But also, the screenplay is by Hiroshi Takahashi. Who did the Juon Origins series recently? I think it's on Netflix right now in 2020. And he did all the Japanese Ring series, the American Ring series, both versions of that Don't Look Up movie, and a movie called Orochi that just kept coming out. So nice. Lots, lots of stuff. Um, and our cast starts with Nanako Matsushima as. Rico. Is that, they always Rico? say her last name. Yeah. So, Asakawa. Um, who's a reporter. We already said that. Um, and her niece becomes one of its victims and she starts uh, looking down the Sadako hole. Yeah. <laughs> the ring. Yep. Down that tunnel down of tunnel. bad vibes. Um, but she was also in the ring too. Or ring too. She did a voice in when Marnie was there. Yeah, the foster parent, the main character. Yeah, which I have not gotten to watch. It's one of those I saw commercial. I'm like, I'm gonna watch that, and then it's been on my HBO Max list, which is now Max. I hope it's. I hope Studio yeah. Ghibli's still on Max. I think I it should be. Yet. I think it should be. I just realized I needed to download that like today, so because um, it just came available today, um, and a lot of Japanese television shows, lots of them. Oh, like great, great teacher only stocked to the GTO. Yeah, I love the um translated uh titles of a lot of korean and japanese uh, tv shows because they're like very long phrases yeah but i guess how i met your mother is kind of a long phrase too yeah a little bit or it's always sunny in philadelphia Mm, yeah as opposed to like friends or the office yeah um and then we've got ryuji takayama who's played by hiroyuki sanada And again, we already talked about him. He's the ex-husband. And Yoichi's a estranged father. He has a very lucrative career. Yeah, I was like, why does this man look familiar? Um, He was in The Wolverine, Army of the Dead, which apparently was terrible, but you would recognize him because it was everywhere. He was just in John Wick Chapter 4, and he was Scorpion slash Hanzo in Mortal Kombat, the newest one. And he's in Westworld, the TV show, and in 47 Ronin. And he was the elder in Bullet Train recently, as well as was a Dojin in Avengers Endgame. Um, and then we've got Yoichi, who is played by Rikia Otaka, um, who didn't do a ton of other movies except for Ring 2, Mushash, Musashi, and Kamen, or Kamen, yeah. writer Ajito. He hasn't acted since 2005, so I wonder what he's up to now. Well, you know, neither did the kid that played Ralphie in christmas story and then he came back and did a christmas story the the newest one i think the actor who plays aiden who's yoichi's american counterpart is actually a lawyer now too right. yep hope he used that the, the ring money to 
to pay for law school. He may have. Um, and then we do have the student of Ryuji uh, Mai Takano. Takano is all they call her, but Miki um, Miki Nakatani. Butchering that. Um, and she's in Ring Two Spiral, and she's in Spiral too. <laughs> and then this is a long one. This looks like her biggest one. Kirawari Matsuko no Isho. Yeah, I think it was called the niece Tamako, who's played by Yuko Sushi. Um, she was in. I have heard of this show, Miss Sherlock. She plays Sherlock. That's funny. Uh, a series called Asuka. And another TV movie called Cyborg, which apparently was a big deal. And then I'll let you say, you want to say who Sadako was? Oh, yeah. So I think the name is pronounced Rei, Rei Iono. And so she reprised her role as Sadako in Ring 2. And she had a role in the film in- Inugami. Uh, she has no acting credits from that in 2000, from Inugami in 2001 till 2020, when she appears as a voice in... Magia Record Puella. Uh, that's actually a really long Magi Madico Magica side story. Which yes. I have watched the beginning of the TV series. Yeah. Because my brother was like, you would like that. It was cute. Now, Ray is actually a Kabuki actress. Or she was <gasps> trained in Kabuki. That's so fucking cool. And that's why uh, she was very instrumental in how Sadako moves. So those jerky movements were her. Yeah, well, she moves, and that's what they filmed her walking backwards in those movements. They which, did. Yeah, which is why she moves in such a unique way. That's what they do with the um, ending sequence of Carrie, too. Oh, yeah, filmed they backwards. They filmed her backwards. She walked backwards, and so then it looked really freaky when she was walking. Eerie and dreamlike. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. But yeah. I thought that was really, really cool, because on- Onryos are, like, a huge part of Yabuki Theater, too. Yeah. Anyway, is there anybody else we want to talk about? I think that's pretty much the main cast. Yeah. Um, I will say the journalist associate of uh, the main character, Yoshino, is played by Yutaka Mochihige, who's been in, like, a lot of things, um, including, like, the Japanese Death Note TV series and Midnight Diner Tokyo Stories, which is something Netflix is trying to get me to watch. Now, there's the actress Masako, and she is just credited as Masako. No. Yes. And uh, she was Shisuko Yamamura, who was Sadako's mother. And so she reprised the role of her for Ring 2 and Ring Zero Birthday, but she's passed away in 2015. Oh, so, yeah, I know. So, what is your favorite part? Oh, that's so hard. I think there's a few different moments that are really, really eerie. Um, I do like the cursed videotape. I still kind of, every time I watch it, I'm just like, oh, I still have that feeling like I'm going to die seven days later. Like, puts me on high alert. Does it make you want to buy an oval mirror and just creepily brush your hair? Because you do have very long, dark hair. Well, you know, and I've told the story before on the podcast, but I did go as Samara for Halloween when I was an eighth grader. That is true. And I, I put baby oil in my hair and I got a white dress and dirtied it up and put my hair in front of my face. Yeah, I won most original for Halloween. That I feel year. like we need to reprise that, but I'll just dress as Naomi wants. There you go. And we'll have Gizmo be a little child. We'll be Yochi. I love it. I would do it again this year, honestly. I it would, would be really fun. Yeah. Because then I could just hold up, we'd have to find a really old, like, telephone. Like, not really old, but, like, when we were kids, telephone and be like, what? And then, like, you're just in the back of the living room. Your house would be good for it because the way your couches are, you can stand behind 
Yeah. It's like, what's going on? You know what I like? Whenever in this one, the, the TV reflection ghosts. Yeah. I thought that was creepy as shit. And I like that because they're like talking through, like they're trying to help her. Like first you see Sadako and obviously she's not trying to help. But you don't know that. That's the thing. I like that you don't know that she's just fucking evil until the very end. Because at first you're like, oh, the poor little girl. She got murdered. And the uncle's like, oh, she's a monster. But then you're like, oh, she's just misunderstood. Because, like, she's a child. She should just be misunderstood. But she's actually just a fucking evil monster. And then Ryuji's like, well, maybe she's not fully human. Yeah. And it's like, oh. And he's psychic. So. Also, I love that most Japanese horror movies that came to the United States, with the exception of Audition in the 90s and the early 2000s, was all like curses and creepy little girls. Well, it's because it's like in Japanese horror and folklore is yeah. such a huge part of like the tradition. And like even just like we don't, we, so we know with Sadako and uh, Kayoko, like we know what Amrio was even before we knew the term over here because it was just yeah. their, what they were like women with long dark hair and pale faces and vengeful and I, I love that aspect Karen. of they don't <laughs> have dark hair though. Usually they have really chunky highlights. Yes, that's true. And short hair. Um <laughs> I think I think it was actually a brilliant brainchild because in the original novel Sadako is is described as a very, very beautiful young woman, like almost mm. unnaturally beautiful. And I think what they did with Kazabon, the original Ring movies, they kept that element. But then it's like you do feel sorry for Sadako in a lot of ways because she is this beautiful young woman. And yeah. she's, spoiler alert, guys, and a little bit of trigger warning, she is, she's right in the front of the well. So it's mm. like you sympathize with her on a lot of different levels. And here in Ringu, we have this very creepy little girl. And you never see her face. Her hair is always covering her face. Right. So you really can't sympathize with someone whose face you never see. Yeah. You know what was funny? The difference between in the Korean one? Okay, you know how, like, right before she kills, spoilers, because we're in spoilers, Ryuji at the end, there's that really specific viewpoint of her eye, and her eye's really wide, and it looks very scary, and you can kind of see, like, the inner... In lens. Ringu? In Ringu. Yeah. In the you Korean that- one, they flipped, oh, you know where that... That stupid thing you used to do as a kid where you flip open your top eyelids. Oh, they do that. that. And it, I don't know, maybe I'm just weird, but you like flip them open. They did that. And like, it made me laugh because like, that's not scary. That's like a 10 year old thing doing that. Anyway, it made me laugh. Um, I, I was reading little factoids about Ringu. And I don't know if you saw this on IMBD trivia. But it was a male crew member that was Sadako. His eye played Sadako's eye, and they cut off his eyelashes to get that <laughs> shot. Get really creepy. And That's just, dangerous. I was thinking that too. That would give me a heart you attack. Get eye mites too. Like oh. your eyelashes actually function. I love the water thing. I love that there's water throughout the whole thing. I also like. Okay, the scary movie three was one of my favorite movies in high school ever. Honestly, I know it's stupid. But it was like my my guilty pleasure favorite movie. I loved it. I still quote it to some of my best friends now to this day. Um, but I knew what was going to happen at the end. And I was still like on the edge of my seat. Because there, there's something about the tension that's built through it. And the way that they film the ending where she comes out of the television. That's just so 
fucking terrifying. Also, they set it up that they're like, okay, we're going to break the curse. We're going to go down to this well. First of all, I don't get the bucket thing. I don't get why they didn't just dive down. That was bothering me. That's a negative. Yeah, Taylor said the exact same thing. He's like, why didn't I just get in there and search like for the yeah. actual body? Like He's like, you can just yeah, rummage around for me. You just rummage around for the skeleton. Taylor said these things. I was just like, why didn't you just do that? Or like, um, you get a scuba suit or something, you know, or, 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 you know, something. But it was just, it seemed like it was wasting a lot of time. I did like the nice touch. I, I've seen Ringo a handful of times, but this was the first time I noticed when she finds Sadako Sko. It's like these big tears well. Yeah. It? Like, it's almost like the... the Does her face fall away? Yeah, and it's like the, it looks like the, like the um, well water is like forming tears. I was like, oh, that's kind of a nice that's touch. Nice. Yeah. And you're like, oh, the poor thing was just so gone a well. Yeah. You're like, oh, that's so sad. They, they saved her. They got her part. Also, why did none of the police arrest them? They're just like, yeah, you're fine. You literally like committed property crimes, but thanks for finding this body. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Uh, because that's the whole thing is like, what I was saying in the beginning where like you know how it got imprinted because it got imprinted on the VHS tape and then when you find out the well was under that VHS player the whole time it was in the not basement but like under the structure the whole time you're like oh that's why so it was a actual location 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 problem yeah which I liked because like I the thing that I don't like about all the other iterations of the ring, not the first ones, but like the ones that are like copying it, is like, they're like we don't know where the tape came from. And I was like, well, someone had to create the tape. She died in like the, the 50s. Yeah, or 70s. Or se- yeah, the 70s. 70s. Yeah. Um, they, they dressed him in very traditional clothing, so I wasn't really sure what the time yeah. period was. And it was in black and white. And I don't think of the 70s being in black and white. Yeah. I only know that because of the novel and she's an acting yeah. troupe. So and the, yes, I yeah. did see a little bit of that part as well. Yeah. Um. But yeah. You know, it just took too long. But other than that, I do like that it's also like a race for the time because you've got the countdown of the seven days. Yeah. And it's I think it's used well. I think it is a little bit of a slow burn, but it's not like the wailing. Yeah. We're like I love the wailing, but it's almost four hours long. Yeah, exactly. It's like the ending to me is worth it, but you're not going to take that journey too often. Yeah. Yeah, the ending is great. It's one of my favorite endings in a horror film. Yeah, it, oh, it is. But I'm like, the journey to get there is... But it then is it's cool. also like, I wish almost they had done The Wailing as a miniseries. Oh, or a limited series? That'd yeah. be good. Because, like, you would have gotten, like, oh, here's this person's story. Like, I wish I knew the first family's background. Yeah, The Ring actually makes a perfect movie. Like, I know they did a TV series. I never watched the TV series. I feel like series. there's a new one, newer one out, too. I feel like the story is a perfect film. It, yeah. it, it, didn't, it wouldn't need to be made into a limited no. series. Like, no. And I like, I like the mystery element. It's a good mystery. It kind of reminds me of Audition where, like, it's one thing at the beginning and then it turns into horror. First Audition, even creepier. Yeah. But. I will say I always thought it was interesting because I saw The Ring before I saw Ringu. So I, I saw The Ring, I guess, when I was, like, 14, 13, 14. Yeah. I saw Ringu when I was probably 15, 16. And in the original, or not in The Ring, when she gets the call, she actually hears this whisper. Yeah, yeah, and that never happens in these movies. And yeah. that there there's like a music playing. Yeah, it's like the same sound that's on the video. Oh, and and the um the Korean one, it's a jingle. It's like it's not quite that peppy, but it's like a jingle. And I was like, is someone's cell phone ringing? What the fuck's going on? And I was that's the noise. I was like, is that really what's happening on the phone, or is that like 
I didn't know if it was like in the world of you know that if it was a diegetic sound or non-diegetic. Yeah. So oh, I was like, what's happening? So that was weird. That was probably why I don't think the Korean one was very scary. I don't What's think I feel bad because I had I barely know anything about the Korean one, which means it didn't. Obviously, people didn't really like it. They never really talked it's about really it. Scary. Like, yeah. and I mean, again, I skimmed through it. I did not like sit down and watch the whole thing because I'd already seen most of the Ring movies at this point. I was just like, oh, we're just gonna do a quick little skimmy skim. Um, we already talked about Rico being the like not getting the mom of the year award yeah and i think it's very interesting because they brought about how a lot of horror movies in japan it's kind of like um i guess it's kind of like how theater was in the 1960s it's a lot about like this kind of um pulling apart of the traditional family unit which they do that a lot in america too yeah the 60s the counterculture was like everyone's getting divorced yeah blah, blah 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 but change is always hard i mean we look at it right now you know um, with what's happening with, you know, we went so far to get equal rights for the LGBTQ plus community to be able to marry, do all this stuff, and now people are trying to go backwards because they're freaking out yeah. because people have equal rights, you know, and they're trying to take it back, or women's rights with reproductive rights. I just, you just made me have an interesting thought. So I, I was telling Katie um, in the novel, in the 1995 movie, Sadako is actually intersex, and yeah. they kind of give this explanation that like she's very very beautiful and it isn't until she's being raped that they that the the doctor who rapes her finds out that the she's doctor in rapes her yeah so not not her father the doctor but uh so her father's in a tuberculosis unit and she's visiting him oh. yeah and there's a doctor there falls in love where incidentally in the tv movie she does have an affair with her father though which i do not oh. remember at all in the book so i don't i think that was just made for the tv film but it's interesting because we talked about there's this whole like so it's like why was she made intersex in the novel like that was a very that was a very definite choice to go with but she can't have children that's just making me remember the one good thing i liked about the korean film was the beginning of the korean film what the journalist is doing is she's interviewing an art historian they're in an art gallery and she's talking about bisexual and intersex people how they were worshipped in ancient cultures because oh. they were both or everything. Again, this is not me saying this is just like what this was the again movie? in the in the 90s. So, yeah. but but it was very progressive for like the 90s, and I was like, wow, good, yay! But like maybe that's part of it too because I I was talking with a friend who I don't remember exactly how they identified, but they dabble in we'll just say gender fluidity. Okay. And they were talking about how, like, a lot of ancient cultures actually worshipped people who were intersex or bisexual, but especially people who didn't fit a gender norm, um, you know, a societal gender norm, as, like, almost like demigods, because they were just, like, uh, because they could do everything. Because it was, like, beautiful people. They were just people. They weren't, like, a man or a woman. They were everything. Yeah. And that's kind of, like, in Christianity... You are taught that God's not a man, even though they always say God the Father. Like, you really kind of taught God's not a boy or girl. God don't have junk. God's just God. Yeah. But it's a commonality between a lot of different ancient religions where, like, being different wasn't a bad thing. It was a special, cool thing. Yeah. And 
being well, worshipped. So maybe that's part of because she's not supposed to be like completely one hundred percent. Yeah, because it's like it's implied. Maybe? It's implied a little bit that her father may have been a water deity or the ocean. Yeah, like it's not said but implied because that's like it doesn't. It's kind of like uh, let the right one in mm-hmm. with the main character being Ellie. Eli, 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 because yeah, Ellie is the American version, and let me so. in, yeah, being uh transgender because or forced to be transgender, but being transgender, um, it's not really important to the plot, but it's something that obviously the writer thought about because like it doesn't necessarily matter on the plot if they're intersex, what their genders, but if it's supposed to be hinting at from a cultural standpoint they're part deity that kind of makes sense well it's kind of like and so i was thinking you know so we have this explanation in the novel that it's kind of like between her rage and her being infected with smallpox she she was looking up the well and it was mentioned so photography telegraphy where it's like you imprint like it's like a kind of psychology or not Uh psychology where you imprint on something. So she's okay. imprinting on the video, and they're like, oh, that's your child. And at the end of Kazaban, Ruji sees her holding a baby, and he's like, yeah. that's your child. And it's applied. And I was just thinking, I was like, wouldn't it have been interesting if we had Sadako, who wanted to be a mother but couldn't, and you had Asakawa, who is a mother but doesn't really give her full attention to her child. That would have been a very interesting that dynamic. That dynamic, too. Yeah. yeah. I think they just kind of dumbed it down for not dumbed it, but they simplified it. They kind of, they did a lot of switcherooing. And I think smart part of it was, like, smart. And then another part is, like, but I would like to see, since they made those changes, what other changes yeah. they could have made. But I am curious, like, is that, I don't know, in Japanese culture, is being intersex, like, something that makes you a god? Not to quote Megan Fox, who's too harshly from Japanese. Well, also, it was, next, it was, like, in the early 90s when it was written, too. So that kind of has me curious the plot behind it too yeah so i know because i haven't read the book so i'm not really but I sure think she how threatens to it. kill the doctor when he when he finds out like she's like i'll oh. kill you so i but once again is is it is it because of that or is it because she's a private person and she doesn't want yeah. people to know her business well it's there's a big problem not to get too frosty but there is a problem in america at least with when parents find out their child's intersex instead of letting the kids figure out who they what they want to identify as or if they want to identify as anything specific they're just like uh i guess we'll pick these genitals for this child yeah and then people grow up and they're like i don't like these i don't feel comfortable like this and it's it's kind of like we don't need to be afraid of people being not not fitting into a genetic binary or any kind of binary it's just like people are like oh i don't understand it because it's not doesn't fit in the box. I'm like, well, most people don't fit in the same box. So. Well, it kind of reminds me, and I'll, I'll say this. And Sadako didn't, obviously. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Um, but <laughs> I, no, well, I'm she, sorry. She did. Sorry, that was, she did. I'm so sorry. That's that, true. I was trying to make a nice point instead of made a joke. I'm sorry. No, it's it's funny. It's true. But it's kind of like in the novel Middlesex, which is like Calliope Cal, who's born Calliope, his parents didn't realize that he was intersex, and they find out due to the accident teenager mm-hmm. um and i i thought the novel was beautiful but it did get a lot of flack in the community because like in the beginning of the novel cal's grandparents were brother and sister and they hide the fact that they're brother and sister oh. so they're like there are a lot of people are like are you implying that like the 
the reason I was born this way was because of my. Yeah, I don't think. So. Yeah, I don't either. But I, I love. It's also it's a, way more common yeah, than people think it is. It's, it was a Pulitzer Prize winning book, and I, I loved it when I read it. But I was. I haven't gotten to read it yet, and yeah. I was always curious why it was banned. Because I was, is it because the the word sex is in the title? Oh, it's the guy who wrote the Virgin Suicide. Oh, yeah, it's, it's a good book. Um. But that's an interesting little tidbit. But obviously, in the movie, they don't explore yes, that. Yes, they don't. At so all. they don't. It's pro- they do it. They do in the 1995 film. But yeah, in every other iteration. I think I've already asked all my questions. Um. Yeah, I I like this movie though. Do you, would you recommend it? Oh, wait, scratch that. One negative thing. Okay. I don't know if it's negative or positive. So the movie ends with Ryuji's dead because she uh she transferred the video cassette for a copy for him she made a copy for him and that's how she passed on the curse she didn't know she had passed on the curse yeah until it was too late so ryuji doesn't get to pass on the curse but he gets killed by sadako which is how we see how killed he gets when he comes out the tv and does no fingernails and kills him but uh she figures out, oh, I have to make someone else watch this so my kid doesn't die now. Yeah. So she packs up her VCR and she drives to her dad's house and she's calling him like, hey, dad, I need you to watch a movie for me. Um, She doesn't say it like that. But like, I'm like, so I guess the, she's going to make sure the grandpa knows so he can make someone else watch it. And that's how it's going to perpetuate. All because that kid went to tape a fucking baseball game. But so it's it's a pretty sad note to leave on. And then the credits start. Yeah. And it's like a fucking 2000s action sequence Mario Kart racing music. It's like da 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 And you're like, what the fuck happened? Yeah. It's very weird. It kind of reminds me of like the end of Terminator in like the first movie. And she's like riding into the storm type deal. Like she's riding into the storm. Uh, Grapple does die in Ring 2, by the way. <gasps> Because he doesn't transfer the video? I think, I, I, I'd I never seen Ring 2, but I did read about, i never seen the Japanese Ring 2, but I did read that her father's found dead a week later. So, so she killed her dad? And what, what's even sadder, so in Spiral, Az- Azakawa tries to save his wife and daughter, and there's a car accident, and his wife and daughter are dead before the car even wrecks, and he's catonic. <gasps> so, yeah, so, yeah, no, they're very bleak. They're very, very bleak. Uh, yeah. Terrible. Um, but that bothered me. I was, it was, but it was kind of funny. I was like, what the fuck is going on here? It's like, da 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 Sorry, that's the beginning of, uh, the, what? <laughs> Cowboy Bebop. Oh, oh, song. Tank, Tank. Tank. My nephew can play that on guitar and bass and very well. So, would you recommend Ring, Ringu? I would. I would. I would definitely. I love them. Um, I will say that by a lot of standards, they probably seem dated because a lot of kids yeah. don't even know what VHSs are. Um, and literally, land, landlines ringing. Um, well, they tried to rectify that with rings, and it didn't go so well. Yeah. And I, I didn't even see good. it. Don't. Yeah. It's not good. It's kind of funny that. I mean, but that's the thing. It's like, so my product of our generation where I'm just like, yeah, this is cool. But I wonder if, like, I showed this my 12-year-old nephew what he would think of it. I still thought it was scary, but I guess I know what a VHS tape is. So maybe it's that. I don't know. Show it to your nephew. There is some. I need to get his opinion because there's just something scarier about VHS than there is a DVD. Yeah, because a DVD is so flimsy. And you go, yeah. Yeah. I mean, not that that would stop the curse. 
but yeah but still um i would also recommend it i literally i knew it was gonna happen i still was like oh 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 it's happening ah and i enjoyed it well it was like it's there's some very like terrifying moments for it being low budget too yeah. and i like how they had to think creatively like so for example when he takes her picture on, with the polaroid camera yeah. and it's like that music and her face and the music is used very sparingly, but yeah. very smartly. There's yeah. not a lot of music, but it's just on like a key sequences that are already tense, and they're just like kind of uh, highlighting it, which is how music should be used, not to manipulate you as an audience member. Yeah, um, it's the mark of a good director. Yeah, I really liked it. Did what did you rate it out of ten? Oh, so this was really really hard, and I didn't want Ryan to be mad at me. Um. I Why? Because I know Ryan's like Brittany, no more seven point five. So I'm like, oh god. Um, so I was going between a seven point five and an eight. I was leaning towards a seven point five because I do think it's dated in some ways. But for my personal nostalgia, I was leaning closer to an eight. I think. I, okay, maybe I'm being too nice this movie, but I was just impressed that it still scared me, even though I knew it was gonna happen, even though like I knew everything before I watched it. I gave it an 8.5. Okay. Okay. I almost gave it a 9, but then I was like, ah, uh, no. Like, it is a slow burn. I feel like not everybody would like it. And maybe I won't watch it a thousand times. But it is one of those movies that I like the journey. And I was still on the edge of my seat, even though I knew it was going to happen. Yeah. Which is hard to do. You know, I. but it was just the way it was done was really good. I think this may be closer to 8 for me and the American maybe closer to 7.5. Yeah, I definitely think this is better made than the American ones. And not that the American ones are bad. They definitely scared the shit out of everyone in my middle school. But um, I just think this one was made a little more high quality. Yeah, I I would agree with that. So it's like the American one definitely had the big, bigger budget, but it was also like maybe the scares weren't as genuine because yeah. of the bigger budget yeah, I think that maybe they had too much to work with. And I love Naomi Watts, don't get me wrong. Also, I love that the guy who plays the boyfriend, I just figured this out, is because I just rewatched X because Scott hadn't seen it. Mm-hmm. And it's the guy in the cowboy hat oh. from that, who's also on Virgin <gasps> That's River. right, the no I one. forgot about that. I was like, oh, because it was like Martin Henderson. I was like, that's the guy from X. And I yeah. just watched it. I was like, cool. This, this I, I had a few. So uh, my first one was rated C for curses, cassettes, and creepy children. That's good. That's good. That's uh, good. My second was rated V for volcanoes, oh. visions, and VHSs. Oh. Um, so I just have one. Okay. It's rated V for visions, ah. VHS tapes, and vexing X's. Oh, we had we had we had two of the three. The, we had a lot of the same. Yeah. It's just she vexed me so much. I just watched Pride and Prejudice, so I'm gonna say vexed a lot. Dead. She yeah. was so vexing because I was like, don't let another person watch it. <gasps> no, you and she's watched it. Oh my god. And see, I was just like I was just like her mom jumped into a volcano. So that was sad. It was so sad. Um I also I couldn't even narrow it down, so I had so many S's. I was like rated S for Sears, snogging. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's a lot. There is a lot. Oh, I it's definitely rated B for 
something. Yeah, it's definitely rated V because if nothing else, we got volcanoes and VHS. Yeah. Or no, visions and VHSs. Yeah. We agree on that. So. We could change the visions to volcanoes. I just like the vexing X's. So yes, yeah, so go watch this on Tubi or Shutter. You don't want you don't want commercials on Shutter. So. Yeah, because I started watching Possessor, and then we got tired, and I went to actually pay attention. So I only got thirty minutes in on Hulu, and I keep forgetting Hulu still does commercials during movies. They used to at some point not do it during movies; they would do it at the beginning, but now they do it sometimes in the middle of movies. Mm. They don't get shit out of me. Um, but anyways. So, I would recommend that. Yeah. Yeah. So, go watch it and celebrate uh, the very end, we're <laughs> very late to the party, of API month and uh, watch some really cool Asian horror films yeah. or watch Beef with Stephen Young. It's good. And, or Minari or Parasite, which we already did Parasite. Um, or Always Be My Maybe. That's a yeah, good movie. Good I'm going to try to watch some, like, um, on Max, like Sunny Kingdom Express, I've always wanted to watch. Yeah, Sunny that Kingdom one's supposed Express. to be really good. Yeah, that's so. on Criterion, I believe. Yeah, I think that's what because Criterion and Max have like a relationship. It's mm-hmm. like the Studio Ghibli ones. Watch the Studio Ghibli shit. Y'all. Oh yeah, and if you, speaking of dubs, Studio Ghibli always has great dubs. They have really good dubs. Spirited Away is fantastic. I always watch theirs as dubs because oh. they do a really good job. I can. I mean, House in the Castle is one of my favorite. That Christian Bale. Christian Bale is and I was like, is that Christian Bale? Fuck yeah. That's my girl. I'm like, oh, God. Like, <laughs> oh, uh, it's all over TikTok. People are like, oh, I'm daddy. already blushing. So. It's, it's free Pedro Pascal daddy. But daddy's just a frame of mind, yeah, right? A state of being. I like the officer Isaac. He, he's a daddy. He's a real daddy. But I'm a daddy. Like, <laughs> um, but I'm glad I watched Ringu. I'm very excited that it was one that I've always wanted. And so next time, I was kind of like, you know, next month is Pride Month, and we'll be doing a sidetrack, and then we'll be doing some movies. Yes. Um, recently, I was going to have some of my friends come on, but they uh, are very busy during Pride Month, because I won't say who it is, but it's part of their job. Yes. And so I was like, okay. So let's try to celebrate some way since right now really sucks for the queer community and we're allies and again, allies, we're not queer ourselves. So please let us know if we're ever like patronizingly representational, I guess. Yeah. But I don't want it to go away without at least sharing one movie from queer creators. And there's been some circling around in our list that we thought it would be a good time to take it. That's like Ringu came on and we were like, yeah. let's do it in May. But we'll do, we're going to do some more queer horror later on when we have some guests as well. So, and we'll, we'll keep doing them because again, it never stops. Yeah. There's always horror movies, y'all. Yeah. Um, so, so this one looks visually cool, which is why I'm picking it. Okay. And I just recently heard, I've seen it on my Amazon Prime showing up like you should watch this but i wasn't quite sure what it was it's called knife plus heart okay it is a french film that is a send-up to italian giallo so you know we love it they a lot of people have compared it to like visually like the original suspiria 
so very visually cool. And it stars Vanessa Paradis, who is, I know her as the lady who was uh, with Johnny Depp for a very long time and who's the mother of Lily Rose Depp. Oh, cool. Um, but I've never seen her act in anything. So I was curious because it's gotten some really good reviews. It has 81% Ron Tomatoes. And it has like a really fun, sleazy plot line. And I fucking love that shit because um, it follows um, a producer. Her and her partner split up. And her partner was also, she was the editor for her films because she's a producer of gay pornography in France. It's French. Wee oui, wee. Oui. And so she decides to fuck it and make the best pornography she's ever made. And then someone starts killing off all of her stars. And apparently there's a dildo weapon. I don't know how that factors in, but it sounds really fun and cool and and very stylish. And it kind of reminds me of like the thriller killer vibe from Slumber Party Massacre and and uh, like a Jalo film like when we watch the last matinee like that's kind yeah. of the and like all the all the the pictures I've seen is like everything's like either like really bright and pretty or like dark and like pinks and blues and like the neon stuff that I love so I was like that might be really fun to watch yeah but that's what we're gonna watch and hopefully this year's pride is happier yay I, I have jury duty, unfortunately, because I was really excited because I don't have much going on in June other than that. And I was like, I can finally go to Pride. And now I'm like, or maybe I won't be able to. I don't know. I've never gotten jury duty. Before, so I'm not really sure. But anyways, and it's Brittany's birthday. Yay. And it's summer. Yay. So, and I mean, it's hot as balls, but you know, it's okay. But anyways, that all being said, I hope everyone's lovely. I hope everyone's staying safe. Uh, enjoy the rest of your May. And, which I think this is going up on the 31st. So enjoy today and enjoy June and be safe and be careful and keep your eyes out for trouble. And uh, in Alabama, they didn't vote on the transphobic stuff last week. So now they're going to vote the week we're filming. So hopefully it'll be good news next time you hear from us. Yeah. We shall see. I hope it doesn't pass. Please tell your representatives to stop being homophobic douchebags. Yes. I don't know what, I mean, yeah. I don't understand why people are so offended by people dressing in colorful costumes and seeing children. Yeah. Anyways, have a great week. Thank you for listening. Treat each other kindly. And, oh, I was about to say, spade and neuter your bit. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, we have the saying, um, well, I say we, I'm, I'm, newer to the rescue community i've always been a big animal lover but they say when you can't donate educate and that's what i would say not only with animal rescue and like talking about spade and neutering but the same thing with you know lgbt rights if you yes. can't donate to it to a foundation educate just talk to people about it sometimes people are ignorant just because they don't really know someone else's point of view. yes um so just educate and you don't have to yell just have a conversation and maybe it would be enlightening to and if, if you are not part of the community, but you're an ally, maybe listen to the community and ask them, the people in the community, like, what can I do to help? You know what I try to do? Even if I don't initially understand something at first, I just try to be kind to another person. And keep your ears open. And like, yeah. Human being. Who, I wouldn't want someone to be rude or 
But anyways, with that, we love you guys. Take love care you. of yourself and each other. And we yes. look forward to you next time. The Grindhouse Girls podcast is a production by Katie Dale and Britt Ray. Our editor is N.R. Moody. All music used is royalty-free and can be found in our annotations. You can follow us on all of our socials. And if you have any comments, questions, or just want to say hey, our email is contactus at grindhousegirlspod.com. Thanks for listening.